You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, Eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. I say with Ashley Ray, another episode, another episode of TV. I say with Ashley Ray, another episode, another episode of TV. I say with Hello, welcome to another episode of TV. I say with Ashley Ray. It's me, Ashley Ray, of course. Duh. <laughs> I hope you've had a wonderful week of just TV watching and everything. I want to give a shout out to this podcast, to all the listeners. We got a shout out in the New York Times. They called us a podcast to watch. There were some other amazing podcasts on there. Jamie Loftus, the Lolita podcast she's doing is so good. Just an honor to be on that list with her with so many amazing shows. Do want to say, you know, I'm the only one on there that that's independent just me, no producers, you know, none of that stuff. Just me and a bunch of people on Patreon and also Black Woman, Black History Month. There you go, that too. So felt really good to get that recognition. I appreciate it so much. You know, this is a labor of love. This is my passion. Television, I watch it all for you. So you you don't have to watch bad TV. <laughs> or, you know... As I say on the pod, this is my passion, my love. I watch so much TV. There is no bad TV, in my opinion. I don't think there really is bad TV, which as a, uh, you know, I don't know that uh, as someone who writes TV criticism, that might be hard to understand. But I truly just believe there's good TV and amazing TV. There's TV that makes you ask questions. There's TV that just starts conversations. But can TV really be bad? If it entertains you in some way, even when something makes me so angry that I have to get on Twitter and write like 30 threads about how it's just like the most nonsensical television I've ever seen, that still comes from a place of love. It's just all love. Watch everything. Even when I'm like, oh, this wasn't that great. I'm still saying watch it. There's no bad TV. I love TV. Anyway, let's keep going with the watch list and all the the TV I love to watch this past week uh, since the last episode. A little bit longer. I got into some more this past week. We also had a few shows coming back from a, a little extended hiatus due to COVID production shutdowns. So just jumping right in, I got to start with WandaVision. WandaVision. I think everybody already knows we were all talking about that fourth episode. And I had said last week, I think this is the episode where things are going to really jump off. And oh my God, did they jump off? It jumped off. That was, oh my gosh, episode four. No spoilers. Also, I don't even think I can spoil it because like, 
I now understand what is happening on the show, but I also still have no sort of understanding of like the wider uh, like MCU universe, I guess. <laughs> so I, I can't I don't think I can spoil it. But what I can say is that as an outsider who kind of came into this not knowing much about Wanda or Vision, this episode brought it all together, gave me some amazing, engaging characters. It was you got to watch WandaVision. It's really, truly so good. Just some amazing storytelling, too. And, you know, I think it's cool. Disney let them take a risk to really use those first three episodes to build the mystery. You know, I think that could have been a miss. It's a home run for me. Moving on. Shameless is finally back. They did like one little episode and then they did like more clip episodes. And now they're back again. I have to be real. They really are digging into this whole like cop Carl thing in a way that I just don't think is well done. It's like he's teamed up with this black female cop who's just like a horrible villain who just like goes around torturing people. And then Carl's like, oh, I'll find a way to like torture them less. And that makes me good. And it's just it's weird messaging. And then they also are trying to like deal with the politics and the racism stuff with the neighbors next door. It's just, hey, you know, it's a final season. I just want Lip to come out of it okay. So I'm going to watch it until the end. I'm holding. I just learned what the stock market is. So my time vested in Shameless at this point since season one, too much of a loss. I'm diamond handsing, a term I also used. I just learned I'm diamond handsing Shameless until the end, until the moon, which is the last episode. Where I assume they shoot the entire family to... I don't know why I'm mixing these metaphors. (laughs) Anyway, shameless. I'm going to keep watching it. After that, I started watching Raising Hope. As you know, Cloris Leachman passed away last week. Absolutely sad, brilliant performer. So funny. Amazing comedic timing. I tweeted something like, Cloris Leachman is Betty White for those of us who have depression. Which, you know, I think was just the case for me. I always thought she was so funny. She always was darker, more sarcastic than Betty White, who obviously I also love, but who is iconic. And I just think Cloris was a icon in her own right at the same level as a Betty White. And, you know, I hope history remembers her that way because clearly her amazing just resume of movies, TV shows is so impressive and will just stay with us. And so anyway, all of that is a long way to say that I loved Raising Hope when it originally aired. It was one of my favorite shows. I did watch it until it ended. I watched every episode, every season. But it's one of those things where, okay, (laughs) I watch a lot of TV. And it's like, there's the TV I watch because I have to like write about it and pay attention. And then there's the TV I watch because like I can just like turn my brain off. And so I got it. There's whole shows where I know I have watched every moment of it, but I could not tell you like a clear plot detail. I just like remember in parts like, oh yeah, I remember that joke or like this scene. That's raising hope for me. So I decided to do a rewatch. I just have enjoyed it so much. It's so much funnier than I remember. It is just so good. Justice for Lucas Neff, who played the lead. That guy, really great comedic timing and a little cutie pie. Real cutie pie he is. Yeah, had a little crush on him looking at him. Anyway, Raising Hope, check it out. Cloris does some amazing work. I'm already almost done with season two. She passed away like last week and I'm recording this like not even five days later and I have already watched almost two seasons in my binge rewatch. That's how funny it is. There's like an episode where Cloris Leachman just like drinks an entire gallon of milk. 
there's this one scene where she kills and slaughters an entire pig and like cooks it and then she's just like i'm gonna need a better mop next time it's so funny you gotta watch it i watched bonding on netflix or i tried i watched the pilot of bonding it was interesting. I just couldn't really get into it. It's about like this like very milk toast white guy helping his sex worker friend. And I don't know, they're just it was hard for me to kind of click with. I think for me right now, it's just hard to see those stories kind of like told by boring looking white dudes. It just it didn't grab me quite yet. But I, I only gave the pilot a shot. But that's a new one on Netflix that I had noticed. I started Lupin. I actually don't know if I'm saying that right. I took French one time, like in fourth grade, and I hated it. But I love this show. So I just started it, just the first episode, but very much like it. I know everybody has already finished it. I'm behind here. But typically, I don't know, I tend to like not really be into dramas like this. But I like the cast so far. I really like the performances. The mystery has already kind of pulled me in, I guess. So I'm excited to see where it goes. So you can keep listening to the pod. I'll be updating you as I finish the show. I also started Blown Away, Netflix's glass blowing competition show. I have obviously talked about things like The Great British Bake Off, Great Pottery Throwdown on the podcast. So I had to start Blown Away. It is weird. I don't know. It's like The Great Pottery Throwdown, like pottery is, I guess, like kind of a big enough community where some of the people know each other and have like taken classes with each other or taught each other. But mostly these people are like, oh, we're all strangers here to be in this competition. And there's something about Blown Away where (laughs) I guess the glass community is not that big because all these people are like, ah, yes, that's my professor who taught me everything I know and who will probably just sweep this entire competition. And he's just like, yeah, I'm not here to brag. I basically taught everybody here everything they know. So, you know, and the guy who like won the previous season is there and is like a guest judge. And he's like, yeah, that guy was my teacher. So, (laughs) so I don't know. To me, it was that's it's just a a weird kind of and I also don't know what good or bad glass looks like to me. I'm just like, holy shit, you made some glass. Well, look at you go. What a feat. I don't know what to look for here with that one, but yeah, I'll probably keep watching it. Then I gotta talk about Search Party. Obviously, I gotta talk about Search Party. And no spoilers. I say it all the time just because with Search Party, I want to be very clear, no spoilers. The fourth season. Emmys, Emmys, nominations, every it is so good. It's so good. It's so funny. It's just like... Oh, I I recapped the third season for Vulture. I'll do a brief little... I loved it. I thought it was a little tonally... It had some moments where it was a little off, but that was mostly because there had been such a long break between the second and third season that like some of it you could tell was like, okay, this is very based in this season that like finished some years before this season was written. And they had to like blend these tones and these two kind of comedic voices And they did a really good job of, like, bringing the show kind of past its initial skewering of, like, millennials and stuff like that to something that, you know, was very 2020 and very funny. And there were a few moments where I was like, okay, yeah, I see where they're coming. But I also, at the end of it, was like, where are they going to go next? Where do you go? Where's the show going to go from here? And season four. (laughs) Who? Where did they go? 
they went to the moon. <laughs> I, okay. It, it's just so good. It's so good. I don't want to really spoil any of the performances, but it is probably one of my favorite just like season finales that I have ever watched where I just, I was angry and then I was shocked. I legitimately called some twist and then was like, oh, I was wrong. And then I was like, oh, I was right. But then, oh my, it just, it takes you all over the place. Everybody knows Search Party is good, but I also always hear people saying they they haven't heard anyone talking about it. So I'm trying to talk about it. I feel like I've been in from the start and this latest season, I mean... Season four, they bring in Cola Scola, Susan Sarandon. It's just the perform. Cole does this monologue about this nightmare that their character is having. And I paused and rewatched that scene so many times. It just, I'm going to shut up because I know you're all going to like immediately stop listening to this podcast and you're going to go watch Search Party. So there it is. TV You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new, and it's streaming now on Hulu. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Up next, 90 Day Fiancé bears all. 90 Day Fiancé, the regular series, is on a break until February 14th. But 90 Day Fiancé bears all in the Discovery Plus app has new episodes. It comes out Monday right after the episode. And this week they had, I'm mentioning it because this last episode, Big Ed, who I know is like fan favorite, one of the meme favorite people on the show, he's the guest and he says like some of the meanest stuff about Rose again. And also about Darcy. He says some mean stuff about Darcy and I did not appreciate it. So that's why I'm calling it out here because Darcy is a queen. Don't come for her, Ed. That's all I wanted to say about that. I mean, you know, it's 90 Day Fiance Bears All. It's really good. And they dig into like the 90 Day Fiance universe to just like find guests for the show. And one of the people they like routinely bring back is Yazan's translator. If you remember him from 90 Day the Other Way, he was just the translator who came in for Yazan and Brittany. And he just like comes on the show. They bring him in. He tells jokes. He reads tweets. He has a great voice. He's really funny. Good comedic timing, that guy. So, you know, 90 Day Fiance bears all if you want that real insider scoop. And then over on ABC, we had a just rush of shows come back. We had Blackish, Grownish. Grownish is, is on Freeform, but you know what I mean. And The Goldbergs, so all my little family sitcoms just kind of came sweeping back. I loved this Blackish return episode. 
they lose power. Dre freaks out. It's a classic little setup. I just thought it was a really good episode. It was a good comeback. I missed the show. Gronish is back. It feels like Gronish has been gone for so long, but I I don't even really think it's been that long. I think, I don't know, I always just kind of think of uh, the Gronish and the Bold Type together, and it's been so long since I've had a new episode of the Bold Type. You guys know I'm one of the bold ones. You know I'm Bold Type fam. I love the Bold Type. Bold ones, if you're out there, when the Bold Type comes back, we're going to go hard on this podcast. But Gronish is like my, when I don't have the bold type, I like to watch Gronish. And obviously, Chloe, she is so great in this episode. I just loved her story. She has this like really beautiful part in it. So just go watch it. After that, uh, like I said, the Goldbergs. I really enjoyed this episode. I just think the Goldbergs is doing so well in how they've readjusted the characters with obviously all of them getting older and hitting college age. They tried to send some of them off to college. They've like twisted things around in a way to like keep it relevant. And I think it's doing really well. You know, Steve Gutenberg was in this last episode. It was fun. And finally, Unexpected on TLC. I watch this show. I've been watching it since it started, but I never really talk about it. When it first came out, I was always just like, what is this teen mom knockoff? Like, why would I watch a teen mom knockoff called Unexpected? (laughs) Come on, I'm a millennial. I grew up with the teen moms, please. And then I started Unexpected and I like it more than I kind of ever did teen mom. It's just the way that they interview the people. And I think it's also just, it's very different to make a reality show now than it was when Teen Mom was made. And on Teen Mom, it was like, oh, these are regular girls who know they're about to become famous stars and they want to capitalize off of that. With Unexpected and TLC's kind of like documentary approach, these people know like, I'm on a TLC show. I'm not about to like be a celebrity. (laughs) It's like, yeah, I'm going to get like Instagram followers and maybe I can like sell some CBD oil. But I'm not about to like be able to launch like a porn line like Farah from Teen Mom. So it's more realistic to this just being like some 15 and 16 year old kids who like, well, I don't know. I just thought that like the birth control, I would gain some weight. But so we didn't and like to use the condoms. And then I don't know. Now I'm pregnant. And it's just. Yeah. Yeah. And the parents are way more involved, too, which I think really is eye opening how much the parents have to take on. But that anyway is the watch list. That's all the TV I watched over these last few days. You know, so if you have some things you want me to watch, if there's some things you want me to binge, head over to the Patreon and make your suggestions. I'll get them on the list. Don't worry, I still have a few on the list that I'm getting through uh, the dark the wilds. Those are things that people put on there. So keep an eye out for those. I'll also be talking about them on the newsletter. So if you want to read about it, follow the newsletter, subscribe to the Patreon, patreon.com slash TV. Next up, we have this amazing interview. Harvey Guillen. So excited. I've been telling you every week on the pod, watch what we do in the shadows. Watch what we do in the shadows. This is why. Enjoy. So excited. So excited. We have Harvey Guillen from What We Do in the Shadows, Guillermo de la Cruz. Uh, What We Do in the Shadows was my number one show of the year last year. So, so excited to have you. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So nice to meet you, Ashley. (laughs) I'm like, I'm so like, 
yeah, it's just been like a crazy week of like getting back to shooting shadows and everything that's happening in the world and everything that's good in the world. <laughs> yeah. And amongst all of that good, you got a Critics' Choice Television Award nomination for Best Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series for What We Do in the Shadows. How does that feel? It was so funny because I had a text and it was from my friend in my publicist court and she said, congratulations. And I said, what? I thought it was the, the show. It was like, something happened. It's like, did I miss something? Did I miss an, I don't know what it was. And then I said, wait, what? And she's like, you got nominated for, and I was like, oh, the show got nominated. She's like, yes. And you got nominated. And so that was very nice. And I think I screamed. I was like, what? Because I finally got on the phone with her and she was like, yeah. So it was, it was exciting. It was really nice to, to do that because, you know, you don't do it to get accolade recognition, but it's really nice when that does happen because you kind of drop your guard and you're like, eh, if it happens, it happens. And it did. And out of all the shows that were on the air, like this is the critics that choose the contenders. So it was very nice. And I'm very thankful. And I was thinking about this yesterday with my sister who posted or reposted my post. And she said, here's to the boy who dreamed about this, the teenager who helped raise his younger siblings uh, in a low-income family and the man who didn't stop dreaming. Yeah. And oh. I also, I feel like given Guillermo and that character, it's so beautiful that it happens for this character. Guillermo, my favorite on what we do in the shadows, just his <laughs> plot, how he doesn't give up faith, how you're just always cheering for him. And this is one of the questions one of my listeners submitted is, how do they always get us to cheer for him and root for Guillermo, even though we know he has killed so many people? Well, you know what? It's a fine line, right? The character of Guillermo, because he's, out of everyone, he's the most grounded. He's the human. And the vampires are these characters. They're just bigger than life because, yeah, they're immortal. <laughs> they they have nothing to risk, nothing to fear. And I guess we see them live their lives fearlessly because they just think about lust, blood, you know, feasting. And that's all they care about and having a good time. As humans, we're driven by ambition and dreams and hopes and love. And so those things that Guillermo gets to play out as he's going along with the horrible demands of his master of even kind of gathering victims, if you will. <laughs> and if you look at it, you're like, that's sad. Yeah. But he's, he never loves doing that. If you notice him, he's never the one, the first one to sign up. He hates that he has to do that, but he has a dream and he has a goal. And if this is what it takes, and he's like, he really has this fight within himself all the time, even when he almost sacrificed his best friend, yeah. you know, in the past season that he has a conscience and he regret it and he rushes to make it right. And then thankfully it all worked out in the end, but he does have a conscience. And that sometimes is what really kind of draws the audience to connect with Guillermo because we see ourselves in Guillermo. We're all Guillermos. We all root for, yeah. because we're all root for each other. We're human. We're supposed to uplift everyone. So we all root for Guillermo because he's just a representation of ourselves. Yeah. He's just, he's such an underdog and I don't want to spoil anything. I mean, if you haven't watched this last season of what we do in the shadows, what are you doing? Watch it immediately but the final episode and that scene with Guillermo, I stood up and clapped. I was just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so, it was great. You know what's funny? I had 104 fever shooting that scene. <laughs> and yeah, and I was sick. Like I was sick as a dog. I just remember I... You're wearing like time. a lot of leather jackets in that, or like layers. Yeah. That combat and I was burning up. And oh my gosh. It was my last day of shooting because it was the last day before we wrap up. And it was like December 22nd or something like that. We shoot really close to Christmas. Then we go back home and then we're done with the season. So it got to the point where it was the last scene and setup of the day. And it was the last shot. And I'm just like, I've been kind of feeling like this all week. And I've been taking care of myself, but it's not working. I felt it. Like, I was just like, oh, man. And so I was just concentrating between takes. And Kayvon walked by me. He knew that I was feeling. He's like, oh, I know what you're doing, man. He's like, oh, I know what you're doing. He's like, so good on you. He's like, yeah. 
He's like, I know you're saving your energy. You're going to kill it. You're going to kill it. Because I was not talking to anyone. I was just saving yeah. any ounce of energy that I had left just so when they said action, because I, <laughs> I did it. And then as soon as we got in, we wrapped, I literally just collapsed. And they like, I went to the hotel and slept for like 12 hours. And, yeah. How many and takes did you have to do? Thank goodness. I, well, I had gotten the moves down from the get-go. I think that would have been okay. terribly, <laughs> a really long night if it would have been like, oh, sorry guys, I messed up the, but Thank God I've been on it and top of it and learning those steps and stuff. So we only did about, I think I want to say three from one angle and then like two from another. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The fight scene is really quick and all together it's like two minutes. Yeah. But it's, it's so like choreographed, like kind of ballet the way that it just, he like so perfectly has the holy water and then it like turns and he has this. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a dance and TIG, our stunt coordinator is amazing. I said that from day one, because first of all, they didn't know I could do stunts. So they said, we're going to give you a little bit like a trial. Like we're going to give you a move. And so TIG would be like, I'm going to give you this move. You don't worry if you can't do it. You know, I'm a stunt person and I do it. And then he'd give me another one. He's like, how about this? And I do it again. And eventually he just goes, I'm telling the producers you can do all the stunts. <laughs> I was like, what? And so I ended up doing a lot of the stunts myself. I said, for one, for insurance reasons, I couldn't do it. The one where he falls downstairs backwards on his back. Okay, yeah. Um, I, I thought it, maybe you were going to say the one when he like climbs up the wall outside and like gets on the roof. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that, I was me on top of the wall. So I did like the, the half turn. The other one is definitely, the back is definitely not me. That one I didn't do. That was on a harness and all that thing. But the other one that I did do was the out the window, like backwards when I flip everyone off. Yeah. Uh, that one was a real two story window and I fall into like padding and stuff. So it was nice. I did it and I like it. I like doing the action stuff. So it's nice to see someone that you root for and then be like, yes, he's a badass. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, and he has like all the moves and he saves the day. It's so great. One question that listeners had is what is the process for being Becoming a familiar, do you think? Like, how did Guillermo even find that job posting? Like, is this something that you think he would stumble upon on Craigslist? I don't know. I, and I made my own backstory, obviously, but I don't know what the writers or the creators, really, Tech and Jermaine, originally had in mind for that. But in my head, I feel like he was working at Panera Bread and it was a night, like, you know, closing the night and like closing the shop. And he somehow encountered like Nandor, like he might've came in for a question or something and he noticed him and then he called him. I was like, you're a vampire, aren't you? And it's like, and maybe it was a moment of like, he's going to kill him or he's going to be a victim. And then he's made a deal. It's like, let me be your, I want to be just like you. That's the story I made in my head, which is like, that's how he got here. It's probably not what they're under. I feel like it makes sense though. I feel like for Guillermo, it would be something just super innocent. Like he's working his day job and it's just like, oh my gosh, and just can't let it go. Yeah. And I think that Nandor would take pity on him. And there's just this really great connection between those characters, you know, where it's familiar and master or it's buddies. Is it more? Is it like, are they, aren't they? Yeah. Like it's all these like, and again, it's a thin line to play because you're always walking on that tightrope and he's not completely that. So it's always nice to be on that tightrope. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Another question from the listeners. They wanted to know, Mark Hamill was in this last season and I know you aren't too closely connected to that plotline in that episode, but did you get to talk to him? What was it like to have him on the show? And then also they wanted to know if you had any guesses on what he did before he was a vampire and how he became one. Oh, that's a good one. I didn't have a lot of scenes with him. I did one scene outside when he first lands and he yeah. tells them Raven, like, that's like, the only scene we had. And that's the night that I got to meet him. We were all really excited. It was very like waiting for his like transpo car to drop him off from location to us. And we were all waiting outside and we we're all lined up. It was very like Downton Abbey, like waiting for like, <laughs> you know, royalty to come. <laughs> and he couldn't have been nicer. He just got it. 
car and he just came over and was like, Guillermo, you know, <laughs> and then he was so nice and, and super sweet. And his daughter was there and his, that's how he got into the show. He became a fan through his kids. They loved the show and they showed him the movie and they showed him the show and he became a fan of the show. And I was like, you watch the show. And it's Matt Berry just had a ball. Cause that was like a childhood dream of his come true. Like yeah. to get to do that scene with him and lightsabers, you know, basically yeah. with the with pool sticks. The, yeah. The whole but fight scene. Nice they're and... just, yeah. They just are having so much fun in that scene. The whole yeah. character and Jackie Daytona is one of my, just my favorite character names I've ever heard. Just brilliant. Yeah, that's uh, Stephanie Robinson wrote that episode and she's amazing. She's one of our executive producers and she's incredible. I love that episode too. If anything, it's just more FOMO of like, I wish I would have done more in that episode because it's such a fun episode, but, um, yeah. but all the episodes are fun. So if you, if you miss any of the episodes, you're kind of, you always have FOMO. You're like, oh, yeah. sure. well, you can't be in, in all of them too much because it's like the same story where continue, continue, continue. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's a show I've watched probably every episode three times I could ask about it all day but I do want to talk about your larger career as to me someone who has been working in tv for a long time but I I write about tv so I really notice people so I remember you in like iZombie you were in the real O'Neills I used to review that show forever ago so I remember you in that and Raising Hope Uh, and then obviously Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist which is very different from what we do in the shadows. Uh, yes. So I'm a little curious. Yeah. What's it like to kind of work that balance and work that line of just kind of night and day in terms of going from sitcoms and then to blow up with something that's so dark and so FX, I guess. Yeah. It's nice to do something different, which I love the challenge. You don't want to do the same character as an actor. You don't want to be stuck in like the same punchline or something. It's like, Hey, what happened? You know, it's yeah. not like the same ongoing joke, but I really like that I get to play different characters and show being versatile. Like it's Guillermo so different than, than George and completely different, you know, and it's like their mannerisms are different. Even the way they talk, even their facial expressions are different. And I like that. I like that I get to put on a different hat and go and play on a different set and it's a musical and I get to dance and sing, which I went to school for, which is musical theater, yeah. and then come back and do this like really grounded comedy. And Guillermo's like the anchor of humanity in that setting, you know? And so he just like is the most grounded. I feel like sometimes it's so hard because he's so grounded. Sometimes I want to be like, mm, like project to the back row. And like sometimes when I get, oh, yeah. why is he putting up with this BS? You want to like, but he's just always under control because yeah. he's always working. You know, we notice his voice is different when he's in the household with the vampires. He's very endearing and quiet and submissive. And when he's out of the household and he's talking to regular people or other people he's interacting, his voice actually gets in his regular register. Yeah. Um, I, I, of, I, I love the scenes when, yeah, Guillermo kind of steps into his power whenever he can. I love the witches episode where at the end he like has his little business figured out and then he's like talking to the goat. Shark tank. Like, the shark tank. Yeah, the shark tank pitch. And he like is talking to the goat like he's a business guy in control and the goat's just like, no, you're just like me. Like you're, but it's yeah, yeah. one moment where he like <laughs> finds kind of the strength in his voice and he's just like, oh, you know, I'm just dropping off another delivery and not. Yeah. yeah. I love yeah, how you people, play it. A lot of people, it's, they either get it or they don't. And then it's funny to point out because like, no, if you notice, he is tucks different when he's in front of people who have his future in their hands, you know? Yeah. It's like when you're talking to your boss. If you're at a conference meeting, you're not going to talk to your boss like if you're talking like a buddy because it's like, that's professional. It's a corporation, you know? It's like, keep it professional. And that's kind of what he, how he keeps it all the time, professional, because he wants to be a vampire so bad. But now yeah. he's at a crossroads. Does he? Should he? It's in him to be, you know, vampire killer. 
Uh, and I know you can't tell us anything about this upcoming season, but <laughs> I am wondering, are we going to see more witches? Do you think there are going to be any new types of vampires? We have emotional energy, anything like that? I think that we will have new creatures and new characters for sure. And so whatever that entails. So there will be that. But I mean, that world, it's uh, so many possibilities. I mean, I'm thinking about them off the top of my head. Like it could be fairies, mermaids, all like yeah. these like whimsical creatures that could potentially live in our world. So yeah. And I know for a fact that a lot of characters that you might have seen in the past might be coming back okay. to Okay. That's, I'll, I'll leave it there. That's a good little <laughs> fun surprise. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. So I'm really curious, what TV did you grow up watching? That's a good question because I didn't see anyone like myself on TV. Like I watched TV to look for a wanting to like, oh, where's me being, you know, like being represented? And I know we say that often, but it does, it still holds its representation matters. You know, yeah. it's just like, it really does. I grew up watching Spanish TV. I watched like El Chavo del Ocho. I watched Cantinflas with my dad, which was this big comedian, all his films were like black and white. We used to watch those all the time. So I grew up watching a lot of like black and white, early 60s, 70s, Mexican cinema, Maria Felix, like all these like actors acting in Spanish, which is the golden age of Mexican cinema, the 40s. And all of that was just what I grew up watching because that was what my parents were watching. <laughs> and it wasn't until probably like six years old that I was starting to watch like TV, regular stuff on TV. And I thought this was a brand new show called Annie on TV. And I was like, whoa, this show's amazing. You know, these kids are dancing and singing. I didn't know it was a movie because we did not go to the theater. <laughs> that was a luxury. I grew up in a low income, like immigrant family, like they're just scraping by. So that was like a luxury for us to go to the theater. It was not going to happen. So I told my mom, I wanted to do that. I wanted to be an orphan. And she looked at me weird. <laughs> And she's like, oh. local? And I was like, oh, I want to do that. Like, oh, son actores are actors. And that's how I knew I wanted to be an actor, which wow. was full circle because I just did Annie on Zoe's. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. That is so, that's just so cute. It's just, <laughs> I just, I feel like when I was a little kid, I would be the same way. I'd watch these like movies on TV, but we didn't get to go to the movies a lot either. And I would be like, this is a TV show. This is, yeah. yeah. Why and would then, the TV lie to me? Like, the Yeah, TV why would there? this, and just being like, <laughs> I want to be an orphan. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I used to do that with Hocus Pocus and I was like, oh, I want to yeah. be a witch. This I, I can do it. do it. This is how you do it. Yeah. 
I need a cauldron. <laughs> I need a <your> Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like you said, representation is so important. And yes, there is like the silly end of it where there are kids and you're like, yeah, I want to be an orphan. But also there's the other side of it where it's like a character like Guillermo when it, that person behind the character is someone who's openly queer, who's a person of color. That's so powerful. That's so great. And absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Because again, and I can speak for myself, I grew up like not watching that on screen. It wasn't. Yeah. So it made me feel like there wasn't a place for me. And all the things that I grew up and being told that were strikes against me, you're brown, you're round, you're queer. All these things were strikes against me. Mm -hmm. And I had to come to realize that all those strikes are my strengths. And my strengths is what gets me ahead. My strengths is what moves me forward. So letting other people tell you what your flaws are or what's going to keep you back you're giving your power away to someone else. When you take that back and say, no, I won't allow you to tell me that these are my strikes, these are my strengths, and you use them and sky's the limit. Yeah, and especially I feel like in comedy, it's so powerful too, because I think in comedy, you so often see when they do get more minorities or when they do say, okay, we're going to not just hire skinny white guys, so often you just kind of become a punchline or you become so boxed in. And that is not the case with what we do in the shadows at all. For, yeah, for any and, I, and I love that. And that's a credit to our writers who collaborate and ask. When we did the, the whole scene with my mom last season, they came to me and they said, what would she be doing in the kitchen? Because it's important. And down to the details where when I got so many text messages or the text messages, tweets and messages on Instagram where people were like, I saw that. I saw you're talking to your mom and you said, I'm not. Like small little things that would have yeah. been like, oh, that's just normal. People really do need that. And they latch on to that because it's important to see themselves on screen. It's important that we say our stories are valid. Everyone's stories are valid. You know, we live in a a multi-ethnic world. Why doesn't the screen represent that? And so it's important to show that as much as we can, whenever we can, down to like moms making buñuelos in the background of the scene. And they're Mexican buñuelos because there's different type of buñuelos. Yeah, you did an interview where you talked about that process and working with the writers to make sure they got it right. And you, I think you said you wouldn't be able to live it down if they had gotten it wrong. Yeah, because I got to set and they put down, she's making buñuelos, but they weren't specific. And then they say Mexican buñuelos. And when we got to set, a prop master is amazing. And they had to have these flown in uh, from the States. And like, oh, yeah, I got these. And I looked and I was like, there were balls of dough. And I was like, oh, no, these are from El Salvador. <laughs> these are not Mexican. You know, they're delicious, but they're not the same. It's and not the said, same. Oh, no, I just Googled. It was the first picture they popped up. And I was like, it's okay. We'll fix it. And I was like, I just need flour tortillas. I need sugar, cinnamon, oil. And so while we were setting up for the scene, because we had this house that we had rented for the scene, I just started cooking the buñuelos. And we started making right there. I mean, that's so cool. <laughs> down to the last moment. And it was also the day that they had gotten our costumes. There was a mix up. And so the sweater that we had for that scene had to be continuity for a scene that just happened before. But they had mixed them up. And so that sweater was being washed. And they had to take it out of the washer and it was still damp and it was winter. So I had to wear this like really cold, wet sweater. And I was like, it's okay. It's okay. Let's shoot it. We're indoors. So at least we're not outside in the cold. But it's starting yeah. to get really cold because it's wet. It's cold water. And yeah. Yeah. And I have to wear it because they had put it in the washer without knowing. So there's all these things that's happening. We have to get the shot. This is also the last week of shooting. And so we're shooting it and I'm starting to get sick. That's when I started getting sick because of the sweater. (laughs) It's all just, yeah, now it's all making sense. Yeah, and all the pieces. I just figured it out. Ashley, you solved the mystery. We solved the mystery. The cold sweat. (laughs) 
These are the background stories I love about shows because now I'm going to rewatch and just be like, oh my God, he's wearing a damp sweater in this yeah, scene. So great. Absolutely. <laughs> and look for the bugnellos that we cooked yes. five minutes before. <laughs> so one last question. I'm just curious, what are you watching right now? What are you excited about? Any shows that you love, you're obsessed with, especially through quarantine? Yeah, I just finished watching Night Stalker. On yeah. Because I grew up in Rosemead and that's where that whole thing started. And so I remember stories when I was little like being terrified of like if something bad happened or something it's like it was just having like that thought of this happened in the city so there was all the kids in the playground would always talk about it and even though that person was long gone it was just like scary to think that that happened in our city so there's like is yeah. it haunted the city's haunted so watching that on netflix brought back all these childhood memories of like oh my gosh montebello i used to go there to the mall oh my gosh like all the cities that they were talking about were all like the cities that you grew up as an angelino because you know yeah. born raised in la and I just blew my mind and it really terrified me. And of course I couldn't <laughs> sleep. So then I had to lock my door double. It's like, is it locked again? Is it locked? Me too. You never know. It's scary. Yeah. I watched it. I locked my bedroom door. Like we have a door between our living room and our bedroom. I locked that one too. I yeah. was just like, you never know. You I don't know. Be safe. And I just like, in fact, last night, cause I just finished like two nights ago, but last night I was ready and I was falling asleep in bed and I thought I heard something like, what was that? Like anything, which is like, I'm so, oh my, he's gone. He's, he's yeah, it's, he's someone else yeah. yeah. I'm always just like, there could be copycats when Netflix yeah. puts out documentaries. I'm like, what if some crazy person's inspired to start doing yeah. this now? Like, what if this is like someone's training videos? Like, no, it was, yeah. like, it was a terrifying thing to watch, but very important to watch and to be informed. And if anything, it makes everyone a little more cautious then good. It serves yeah. its purpose. Like be and a little I think, more careful. Yeah. And at the very least now it's 2021 and everyone knows cops can get DNA and you're not going to get away with right. it. Right. Also, I was a little upset about the work done by the detectives where it was one yeah. shoe sold to LA and it's like, you couldn't figure it out. You could, yeah. They're like one shoe and we found the people who sold it and then it just went dead. And I was like, I feel like that's just feel like you could have continued. Yeah. I feel like we could have continued there or something. It's yeah. one pair. One pair got sold. One pair. One pair. One. <laughs> yeah. So I did have a lot of questions about the police work in that documentary. Yeah. yeah. But I think it was the San Francisco department that cracked the case basically. And yeah. Like, so I was watching the show. I was like, so is this show about two guys who like Find, or the dentist the dentist is another moment anyways we can go on and on yeah on and on about that is there anything else just watching a lot of true crime like i do like a documentary or i do like a scripted and then flip to like reality and i just got to toronto and unfortunately i brought my my stick and put it on the computer or the tv but it won't work in canada so i can't all my shows and programs are like on oh. hbo max and all those things i can't watch because it's in canada so i didn't realize that i was like oh I brought my fire yeah. stick. I put it into the TV and it's like, welcome. I was like, oh, great. And then it's like, not available. And I was like, no. Nah. Uh, that, that's my nightmare. I'm just like, if I don't have my TV shows, I, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. But I've been, I've been taking it good and easy and just it's Toronto and it's chilly. So it's been kind of nice and like, you know, fireplace keeping warm. So it's been nice. It's, uh -huh. uh, it's allowed me to read more. So that is so great. Harvey, thank you so much for doing the podcast. Uh, I cannot wait for the next season of What We Do in the Shadows. All of these special little notes you've given us, I am so excited now. I'm going to rewatch also the last season just because I want to watch it again with these little special notes too. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank uh, you so much for having me, So thank you so much. Oh, that was such a fun interview. I can't wait to rewatch What We Do in the Shadows for the probably 10th time. That is one of my favorite shows to turn to when I need something to watch. And now watching it, knowing like, oh my gosh, Harvey was like wearing this wet sweater this whole time. <laughs> it's just going to add to the scenes. So I hope that adds to it for you.
your TVSA homework for the next episode. I'm going to give you a little homework for our next guest to get ready. I'm going to give you, let me see here. I'm going to say, listen to some fish. This is a little different. Listen to some fish. Watch some wee bear bears, some baby sharks, big show. I don't know. I wanted to do like a thing where I was going to say a bunch of animals to make you guess who my next guess is, but whatever, just watch hoops on Netflix and some drunk history. Get ready for my next episode of TV. I say, and if you love the pod, if you enjoy it, if you are just listening, thanks to our New York Times shout out. I appreciate it. You can support the pod by giving us five stars. Just rate and review. Say you enjoy it. Feel free to support the Patreon, patreon.com slash TVISAPod. Or we have, I have a newsletter I write. I swear, two emails a week. That's all you're ever going to get from me. One of those is a fun, cool transcript of the episode with some behind the scenes, extra stuff that I share, articles, tweets, whatever. And then I also just send out like my TV opinions early in the week, things you'll want to watch. You don't want to miss out on that. So, hey, subscribe, support the pod any way you want. If you're a real TV addict, like I said, you can support the Patreon and make me watch shows. If you want to make me review a whole show, head to the Patreon, throw down the big money, become a TV I Say Pod Squad fan, and you can, I don't know, make me watch all of the L word and write about it or something. I don't know, whatever you guys want to make me do. It's up to you. It's up to you. Okay, that's all. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I'll be back next week with another episode. The TV I Say theme song was made by Rafia Santana, and our artwork was created by Chastity Hyman. TV I Say with Ashley Ray. Another episode, another episode of TV I Say with Ashley Ray. Another episode, another episode of TV I Say. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.